All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast, your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Winfrey, I'm your host, thanking you in advance for all of your support. Whatever your podcast delivery method of choice, give us a like, comment, subscribe, share us around with your friends, I appreciate all of it. Just interact with it a little bit, please. I know there's people listening. Not, a, not There's not, you know, thousands and thousands of you, but interact with it a little bit. It helps everything out, so please, deeply appreciate it. Uh, okay, so there's that. Tonight, talking about last night, UFC 253. Uh, we said it was a two-fight card on paper. It was a two-fight card in practice, just one of them wasn't the fight that we kind of thought it would be. Uh, next the week, flyaway fight was good. I just yeah, no no. There, oh, there were okay, two fights. Okay. <laughs> that's the, that's the one that we weren't expecting to be awesome. <laughs> Funny guy. Uh, this will give a brief rundown of this week's coming attraction from the UFC because yeesh. I know I'm a slightly negative person by kind of personality bent, but I. D- Anyone out there listening to this, if you want to tell me I'm wrong about this coming week's card, please reach out. Let me know what you're excited about for it and why. Because I got nothing. I got straight up nothing. Uh, Then news of the week, such as it's been. uh, Fairly quiet news week, but we'll talk about everything that happened. All right, you heard him already. Joining me again, 411 Luminary. And host of his own interview podcast, which you should be listening to, Jeffrey Harris is back with us once again. Jeff, your governor, who may as well be a half-baked potato, signing an entirely perfunctory ban on gas, on internal combustion engines, basically, for 30 years from now. How you doing? You staying up? One, I'm not going to talk about politics here, so don't even start. I don't, care, I don't care what your political leads are. Gavin Newsom is just okay. a giant waste Two. of space. <laughs> Two, gynecomastia. Israel Adesanya. Three, that leg is trash. TM Paul Felder. Four, I'm Jeffrey Harris. The honor and pleasure is all yours. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into that main event because... It's one of the only things I really am going to be devoting any time to here. That personally. leg is trash, is all I can say. Thank you, Paul Felder. Yeah. Um, Israel Adesanya defeats Paulo Costa via TKO, mostly punches, 359 of the second round. Uh, this was a very, very non-competitive fight. Adesanya avoided almost everything Costa threw at him, spent the first round mostly kicking his legs, sniping at him from long range with a jab. Second round, he ups the pace, uh, clips, beats up Costa to the body a little bit, catches him with a left hook in close proximity. Not the same location as he did when he uh, dropped Whitaker twice, but the same kind of scenario. Costa's in close. Izzy leans back, shifts his stance, left, in this case, instead of cracking through the jaw, it went over the temple, drops Costa, follows him down, pounds him out, all she wrote. Costa, I believe, landed less than 10 strikes throughout the entire fight, such as for as long as it was. Uh, I can loosely understand kind of 
How do I say this? I understand some of the thought process behind Costa's decision-making. He didn't want to charge in recklessly, which is probably a good idea. You don't want to be reckless against Adesanya. Unfortunately, he overcorrected in and didn't pressure uh, didn't pressure Adesanya at all. I think he was trying to goad him or something or trying to just make him angry, which didn't work and failed miserably, but Yeah, it really did. Uh It looked but but from an outsider's perspective, it looked like his game plan was to flex his muscles and scare Adesanya into submission and well that didn't work. Yeah, this was uh this was a complete shutout for Adesanya. This was not a close fight. Adesanya's a difficult guy to fight. You know, he's a he's a tough matchup. He's a very innovative dynamic striker and there are ways to there are ways to fight Adesanya, but Paulo Costa did not do it. The other thing is Adesanya has a very high fight IQ, Robert, and extremely I, I'm just not sure. I think Paulo, Paulo Costa is a good fighter. He certainly earned a title shot here, but I'm not sure he has a high fight IQ. Costa seems to rely primarily on... Costa is... If Costa were about three to four inches taller, he'd be a championship-level competitor at light heavyweight because all they do is the same thing over and over again, and that's kind of all he does. He doesn't have a lot of subtlety to his game. He doesn't have a lot of trickery. He doesn't have a lot of plans B through C, you know B through J or whatever letter you choose to describe. He's got one thing. He walks forward. He kind of tries to get you to circle to his right where he can kick you in the body until you get kicked in the body, corralled backwards, and he can kind of tee off on you against the fence. That's now, all he's got. Here's the other thing. If you believe leg kicks don't do damage and don't win fights and you're Cecil Peoples and then you watch this fight and you still believe that you're an idiot yeah he Adesanya lasted uh, landed several really nasty calf kicks uh those uh, you know, Paul Felder like you said he mentioned that leg is trashed it, it was com- Costa's left leg was done very very quickly uh it's kind of to the point with Adesanya where I'm not saying the man can't lose. Uh, we're talking about, again, the very highest level of the sport. Everyone can and everyone does eventually. Well, Gastelum fought a much better fight against him and, and, he, and he lost, but there are ways to fight him, you know? And obviously Adesanya is growing and, and getting even better, but... He's not unbeaten. I, I truly believe no guy is unbeatable, and I think that's the case for Adesanya. Costa just didn't do anything right at all. No, Nothing. and I'm I'm really not sure. I, look, I know who the next title contender should be. The winner of the upcoming fight between Jared Cannonier and Robert Whitaker, I think, is probably your next contender. But I don't really see. I wouldn't be. Let me put it again. I'm going to put it this way. I would not be blow I would not be completely shocked if either of them won. But I have a really hard time seeing how they do it. Uh Cannoneer does a lot of for Cannoneer has power to spare at middleweight. But he does a lot of walking forward and he doesn't have a tremendous amount of head movement. And I'm not saying Whitaker couldn't take a different approach to a rematch with Adesanya. He could. 
I just I think that is such a horrible matchup for him in every possible way that I don't think it really matters a whole lot what kind of a if he decides not to blitz attack like he did you know in their first fight it would go a little differently but I think the outcome's the same I just I don't think Whitaker stylistically is favored over Adesanya anywhere I think for Adesanya the fight couldn't have gone better really no, it it really outside of getting him out of there in the first round, this was about as clean as it was going to get. Because because everyone was kind of low on him after the Romero fight because we had high expectations for that fight and it was utter dog crap, right? Unbelievably boring fight. So Costa did terribly. He did poorly in this fight, but that's good for Adesanya. Because we just watched Adesanya utterly annihilate and dismantle an undefeated opponent um, who earned this spot, who earned this title shot, who looked like a better matchup for Adesanya than Romero. And stylistically, it was a great matchup for Adesanya because Costa didn't know what to do against Adesanya. And he was doing the showboating, and that just played right into Adesanya's game. Uh, Adesanya, he was he engaged more. He was patient, but he engaged more in this fight than he get it than he did against Yoel Romero because Romero just was just standing in front of him and just didn't want to do anything. Um, had great leg kicks. He looked fantastic. Uh, and there was a lot of anticipation for this fight. It wouldn't surprise me if this did close to a million buys. Like, I don't think it did a million, probably, but I bet it did way higher than Cormier versus uh, Stipe 3. Did you not see how much Cormier Stipe 3 did? I heard it did 500,000. It outperformed every other pay-per-view this year except, like, two. Really? Yeah, it has not been a great year for pay-per-view sales. But Meltzer said it did badly, which oh. surprised me. Meltzer was wrong? Who'd have thought? I'm like, and then I said, well, if it did 500,000 buys, that's pretty good, considering we're in a pandemic. And that wasn't like a really big grudge match or anything. And typically, Cormier doesn't do very well on pay-per-view unless he's fighting John Jones, right? Uh, yeah, he's had some, he's had some of his events have been a little bit more on the dud okay. side in terms of, I so, mean, look, who could possibly say, care about right. him and Derek Lewis? So Damon Martin, MMA fighting reported 500,000 for that fight. That's a, that's pretty, that's a pretty good number for a heavyweight title fight trilogy fight between Cormier and Stipe. I'd say two guys who historically aren't big on pay-per-view. I'd say that's a pretty no, it, good number. It was a it was a very good number. It overperformed and it, it out I mean that outperformed I think Jones versus Reyes did less than that. Prelims prelims did eight hundred thirty one thousand viewers. So for Meltzer to call that bad business, I just don't know what he's talking about. That's definitely a misnomer. So I would say this one easily surpasses that number, just based on what we're what we were hearing from Dana White and I checked the I checked the YouTube views like they were like the the clips for this fight the stare downs were getting tons of attention. So, Adesanya has a lot. I don't know. He's a star. He's a superstar. Yeah, you can't it, deny it at this point. Uh, 
I, I'm trying to figure out how properly to phrase this. While the man, the man has a tremendous amount of broad-based appeal, and if you look at any of the stuff that he does on you know, platforms like YouTube, he does tremendous numbers. How well those always translate into dollar into dollars is there's. I'm not sure what the specific calculation is on that, but he is unequivocally a big deal to certain segments of the fan base, and and even if he's not now, I. I have no doubt he will be soon you know based on this performance alone yeah he anybody that saw him that tuned into this fight was treated to a a, a truly special performance from him <laughs> did you see but did you see what he was doing after the fight to 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 cost his corner no i must have missed that okay he <laughs> uh i kind of don't want to say it on the air but but he went over to Costa's corner and was basically like, hmm, how to phrase this? I will blank all over you. <laughs> he threatened to use them as a lavatory? N- uh, not that kind of bodily fluid. Ah. <laughs> Just go, choice, to Barstool, okay. go to Barstool Sports later. After the fight, after he finished him, he de- he definitely made a humping motion over Costa's unconscious body. So fair enough. A little. I mean, look, unprofessional, maybe poor sportsmanship, maybe. But you know, considering what what they were doing before the fight, it does. You know, I can't really complain too much because it was a grudge match, and it was its gamesmanship. So. I I am of the opinion that as long as everything you do is stays within the bounds of legality, well, I don't especially care what you say. If whether this it's, happened in Nevada, if this happened in Nevada, it might have it might it might have gotten him like a fine or suspension or something. Yeah, maybe um, I, I don't know. They don't have a clear policy on that. They you know, do whatever they want to do because no one cares what the athletic commissions do. And I mean, he didn't hit, he didn't hit him, but he uh, yeah. was, kind of, Oh, it, it kind of, um, uh, it reminded me of Tyson Fury after that, uh, his last fight with, uh, Deontay Wilder. Didn't he like lick him or something? Middle of the fight. Yeah. Okay. He licked some of the blood, uh, that Deontay Wilder was, uh, false. Yeah. That, that's gamesmanship. It, it was kind of like that, except this happened after the fight was over. Yeah. I, Eh, I mean, look. Break dance, I thought the breakdancing moves were good. Yeah, the man, Adesanya certainly can dance when he wants to. That's that's fairly true. Okay. Uh, I don't know what Costa does from here. This was a really bad loss, but... Fighters have recovered from bad losses before. They and ha- yeah, they have. I would, could, but he has, to, he has to work on these things, and he has to... You know, when you're in a title... When you're in a big fight like that, you have to take it a little more seriously. I kind of wouldn't hate him against the loser of Whitaker and Cannoneer. Um, could fight Gastelum, Darren Till. Uh, Till, Darren Till yeah, fight? Till's. Uh, he might. I'm not sure. Because I know I Till's coming off of the Whitaker loss. Let's see, true. I like the. Okay, Jack or Hermanson. Oh yeah, Hermanson and Till. That was it. So that's in December. He could fight the winner of that. Yeah. Or the or the loser, honestly. 
Yeah, middleweight's in a middleweight's in a pretty decent spot. I mean, you've got a champion who looks you know, virtually unstoppable or has thus far. Yeah. So that always that always casts a bit of a long shadow around. I would love to see that fight. Jared Cannonier fight, and I like that he was talking. You know, he was like, "I'll fight Cannonier or I'll fight Whitaker again." I like that he was doing that. I like that he's aware that these are the fights he has to fight and win now and build his legacy instead of calling out for stupid super fights or John Jones or whatever right now. Uh, I think he's. I think he is smarter than than some past champions like a Tyron Woodley. So I he's think he's smarter a, than a lot of current champions. Like I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he he knows he's got he knows he has to build his resume and he's got to you know if he wants if he wants the accolades and he wants the history books and all that he has to continue basically doing what he did last night. You know he. It annoys me like you win the title and a guy's like and a guy's ready to cash out and or he's like give me the super fights now give me the catch weight blah 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 yeah try to d- defend your title you know defend your title and if you do it well then that is what will earn you the accolades the bigger money the money weight fights and all that because you have to, he has a competitive division he has a stacked division yeah Eat those guys. Build your resume, defend your title. Like, you know, do I think he defends his title? What did Anderson do? 11 times? Uh, Yeah, something 11? like that. I don't think he, I don't, do I think he gets 11? No, but he should, he should want to try to match or surpass that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, he's, if he were to get to 11 uh, with the current state of middleweight, that would be, that would be significantly more impressive than what Anderson did because he's fighting a much better level of opposition. I, I agree, but he already has two. And if he were to fight Cannonier or Whitaker again next month, I would probably pick him to win either of those fights. Without um, a whole lot of hesitation. Yeah, without a whole lot of hesitation. But Jared Cannonier is a very tough matchup. And Cannonier, we have to, you know, we have to admit he has transformed into a, a really just good fighter. A lot like a lot like Jan Blahovic did. And Cannonier had at least Cannonier's career trajectory has been so weird because I remember watching his heavyweight debut. Because he debuted in the UFC at heavyweight. I forget he what he lost weighed to Sean Jordan. Who is not a good fighter. I'm sorry. Jordan has Jordan's a weird guy to try and get your head around when you look at his career because Sean Jordan has some very good wins mm-hmm. and had certainly some athletic ability, but for some reason, even uh, even with an heavyweight inc- the way he was, inc- it was. He was inconsistent, an yeah. inconsistent, another inconsistent fighter. But Cannonier has really like you know this is one reason why I like MMA so much is because change and improvement when a guy sets himself to it change and improvement in this sport are real and and we've seen it repeatedly over the years repeatedly yeah unassuming unassuming guys can become contenders and even champions depending on the division they're in yeah but i was really impressed with adesanya last night and even though it was a shutout and a bad performance by costa there's value 
in seeing Adesanya just wreck a guy like that, especially after what happened in the Romero fight. Well, and especially when he's, you know, he's not wrecking some scrub. You know, Costa yeah, was Costa undefeated. Yeah, Costa was undefeated, and he, you know, Costa had a lot, he, he has a lot going for him, because he's got those model good looks, he's got a good physique, um, I'm sure that, and he had some decent wins. He had some decent wins going into, like, he earned, he's, he definitely earned a shot at the title. Yeah. Legit, he legit earned a shot at the title, so... So, yeah. It's good. It's good for Adesanya to get wins like this. So we can look forward to Adesanya versus either Cannoneer or uh, re- rematch with Robert Whitaker. Yeah, I favor Whitaker, him pretty. Easy. I mean, look, I love, I love Whitaker. I just the way he matches up with Adesanya, I don't see him winning. But Adesanya, I mean, Whitaker is proven he's still, you know, he's still a, an elite level fighter. So, uh, yeah, I agree. So we've got things for Adesanya to look forward to. He's already kind of started chirping back and forth with uh, – he and Kamzat Shemaev have traded some barbs verbally. Now We need – I, I – we are – Hang on. I'm, I'm certainly not – Let's pump the brakes on Shemaev. Okay? I'm not calling for that man to be anywhere near the title right now, anywhere near. But it is good to be a little bit forward-looking if you're Adesanya. Sure. Yeah. You know, he's, he didn't talk a whole lot about Costa here. He talked about the next guy he's going to fight. And if you look forward, you know, is it really all that out of the outside the realm of possibility that in 18 months, Shemaev is a top contender? Yes, I want to say yes. I, again, I don't think it's that so, I don't think it's that I far outside so. the realm of possibility. I think... I don't know. I think we're I think we're getting too. But look, I'm not. I, I am not doing the Daniel Cormier Kamaya. thing. Yeah. Because Daniel Cormier, choo, I choo choo, all look, aboard the Hamzat train. Look, I think Daniel Cormier, Cormier was thing. quoted as saying he uh, that Shemaev would be a double champion in 2021. Like I'm not. <laughs> I am not there Come at on. all. But I know how the UFC will hotshot guys who look good. And. Shemaev has looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the Darren Till thing is the perfect example of why you don't want to hotshot Shemaev yet. Let's look. I can make the argument why they shouldn't, but I'm not going to pretend that I don't think it's possible. I mean, you were. I mean, the my my issue with it is this: people were in the, the the exact same boat with Sean O'Malley about six months ago. Look, I said the UFC would hotshot him up into the title picture if he kept winning and looking good. Because I think they would. And then he stopped. Then he stopped winning and he stopped. I don't. Looking know, I don't... <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's on him. Okay. I mean, look, I, I mean, in all seriousness, let's take a brief trip over to the parallel universe where Sean O'Malley knocked out Cheeto Vera in the second round. You want to? I pre- don't think Sean Hang O'Malley on. is that good. I'm sorry. That's not. That's not the point. The point is, he becomes the first guy to stop Cheeto Vera. Okay. Does so in the second round. Looks pretty good all the way through. Has, you know, it's a fairly competitive fight, but O'Malley is winning all of it before the finish. Again, we're seriously going to pretend that the UFC isn't like, okay, you now get number four in the world. Or you're the official backup for an upcoming title fight. Of course. How many wins would that have been for Sean O'Malley at that point? Oh, I don't know. Four four or five. 
One, two, three. Why does this Wikipedia have him as a, as a win over Marlon? Because. <laughs> what the hell? Because people edit Wikipedia for Two, um, for the lulls all the time. All right. That would have been six. It, all right. That would have been six wins, including the contender series. I would have been fine with him, you know, fighting a top contender at that point. Because that would have been six, you know, undefeated six in a row. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. So let's say Shemaev fights. Um, I think there were. There's been some some doubt cast about cast around who he's going to fight next. But let's say he took another fight at middleweight, and let's say it was someone in the top. Let's say nine through thirteen. I'm not looking at the Brad ranking. Tavares. Okay, Brad Tavares. <laughs> Shabat or Shabazian or okay. Right. One of those. Guys. I mean, look. I and let's. I got to be honest. There are some guys in the top fifteen who don't belong there. Who sure. I think he would probably beat. Yeah, but let's say so. Let's say his last fight of twenty of twenty twenty, he smashes Brad Tavares in three minutes. First quarter of twenty one, he beats Darren Till, hypothetically. Okay. Same kind of way, right? Like just to me, it's still too soon. I, again, I'm just positing. One, I'm just one, positing a one scenario. One that's a very active, that's a very active schedule. That's, and he uh, seems so, to want it. Look, you want an active schedule when you first get into the UFC, if okay. for no other reason than to get through your crappy, crappy contract. Okay. I mean, maybe it's just that I'm worried this is going to be too much too soon, but we'll see. I want. Look, I'm excited about him, but I'm I'm on a wait and see attitude with him right now. I, Look, I think they look. Could they rush him unfairly and put him in a and do him a massive disservice career-wise? Yeah, they could. They might. But I, I again, I like that Adesanya is looking beyond just this fight and the next one. Like, eh, you know, who's someone? This I can, one, this one, he did the right things. On. He did the right things by picking out the the next realistic matchups for him. And and. When he was getting angry after the fight, I was like, whoa, what's going on there? Why is he yelling at Dana White? He was angry because on behalf of his teammates who had to fight overweight fighters and talking about how they just basically gave up making weight um, and basically came in heavy and didn't – and what? They lose 20, 30 percent of their purse? Something Um, like that. I agree. I agree. There should be harsher penalties for missing that much weight. But like Dave Meltzer was on t- on his show today was like, oh, they shouldn't even win the fight. It should be a no contest. Well, oh, why would you- Dave, come on, dummy. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, look, if that's the case, you shouldn't even have the fight in the first place. You know, that makes no sense. Uh, this is my thought. Like, my thought on this is fairly simple. If you want to have some kind of graduated system of penalties where the more weight you miss by, the more you give up, I'd be okay with that. Alvarez, Brian Alvarez, voice of reason, said another 10, another 10 percent per pound. And I agree with that. Or maybe or maybe 15 percent. I don't know. But it should be higher. Yes, I agree. I I don't. Yeah, again, I don't disagree with that. I Adesanya saying, you know, people would stop missing weight if you cost them 90% of their purse. Yeah, and a lot of people would die during their weight cut, too. Um, it's, it's a it's a tough scenario yeah. to kind of balance out that way. 
So, anyway, that's middleweight. Uh, look forward to Adesanya's next fight, whether that's Whitaker or Cannoneer. Yeah. Middleweight's in a very healthy spot at the moment, despite a dominant force up the top of the division. Well, we'll, we'll see how Adesanya does in his next couple fights, but... Uh... Well, this was his, I like what, him. I like him against most of the guys in the top five right now. You know, this was his 100th win, Adesanya. If you count his 20th in MMA, ninth in UFC. So no, no. If you add up his MMA wins, his kickboxing wins, and his boxing wins, this was win number 100 for him across combat sports. Were those were all those fights at a professional level? Yeah. Okay. So he had 75, it said 75 kickboxing wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. And five in boxing. Okay. I didn't, I forgot he had pro boxing fights. So yeah. A I guess few, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good, good on him. Uh, all right. We move Maybe from he's the, one of the best combat athletes ever, Robert. <laughs> um, it, there's a handful of his, uh, of his, uh, glory fights. If he'd won, you'd, you could make a much better argument. Uh, but we move from the sublime performance to the utterly mundane. Jan Blahovic defeats uh, Dominic Reyes via TKO in the second round. Uh, what a dull fight. I, I need to I need to properly preface what I'm about You're to say. You're just upset. Hang on, hang on. Eh, no. I would have to care about the outcome to care if I called this one wrong. <laughs> L- let me preface what I'm about to say properly. The fight was unbelievably dull. The finish was really nice from Blahovich. His finishing sequence here, quite good. Uh, and I do think those two things need to be differentiated. Uh, I want to say about this. Uh, watch any given stretch of about 60 seconds of this fight and you'll see the whole fight apart from the finish. It's a lot of circling. Reyes throwing the occasional left kick. Blahovich circling occasionally. Reyes looking flat, slow, unmotivated. I was unbelievable. Oh it's not that hard if you're a guy of Reyes' dimensions to give Blahovich problems. Not necessarily beat him, but give him problems. Blahovich doesn't like to move. He likes the fight to be slow. He likes to be able to set his feet, and he doesn't like to have to move. Doesn't like to have to move around a whole lot. And Reyes decided to accommodate that by not making him move, by not, you know, by not really attacking him all that often. Uh, then you get Blahovich about two or three times around, deciding, okay, I'm going to blitz forward on a straight line with my head straight up in the air. Throw three or four punches, uh, a couple of uppercuts thrown in there, and then end with a left body kick. And just repeat that until Reyes kind of stood his ground. They got into a quick firefight. And during that exchange, Reyes got his nose busted. And then Blahovich kind of sees that he's not really with it anymore, backs him into the fence, keeps pouring on the pressure until he falls over. Again, if you look at just the finishing sequence, it was quite good from Blahovich. It's just everything else was just bleh. Um, I, that's kind of all. I don't have a whole lot to say about this fight again. This division is kind of dead to me for the next 18 months, give or take. And I said that well before this fight. You're upset because you called it wrong. No. 
I, yes, you are. I did not discount Blahovich's ability to win this fight at all. I said I, I said I, I picked against him, but I get marginal calls like this wrong frequently. I, I, I called this right. You absolutely did. I, I I'm going. I'm giving you. And you want to know what else? I don't like Reyes's attitude, and he has kind of annoyed me. Going back to the John Jones fight, and quite frankly, everyone. I was annoyed when Ariel Hawani was like, Reyes is the uncrowned champion. And he, and he compared this fight to Johnny Hendricks in GSP. That really annoyed me. Eh. And it also annoyed me when he went on uh, Hawani's show on ESPN. And he's like, it's a championship fight. And you're going to give me six weeks notice on a co-main. Come on, bro. Look, I didn't. And here's my issue. Not once. Not once did I hear 37-year-old Jan Blahovich complain that he's fighting in a co-main event for a UFC title on six weeks' notice. All I heard from him was confidence and self-belief. And even, even if you, you're deluding yourself in this game, you have to. You have to believe you oh, can— all, fight, all fighters are delusional. But you have, Every you, have to, you have to believe—if you're in a fight like this, you have to believe you can win. And to me, Reyes was defeated by his attitude alone. He telegraphed his loss. He telegraphed his loss for this fight, Robert. He did not believe he could win, and he set himself up for failure. He did it in the John Jones fight, where he basically gave up in the second half and just stopped doing anything. And that's why I think he lost and shouldn't have gotten the title. And now he's like, oh, I don't... Six weeks isn't enough time. Dude, you're fighting. You're getting an automatic UFC title shot. This is your opportunity to change your life, to become a champion in your sport. Why are you not excited? Why are you not doing it? He didn't do anything. Like He let he let Blahovich beat him to the punch everywhere. Mm-hmm. He let him repeatedly kick him to the ribs and busted up his ribs. And eh, bruised. That was you. You you rarely see damage to the ribs like that from a kick to the body. Uh, in term, if we're talking about again just the the very rapid bruising like that, yeah, it's rare. Um, I can think of a few other instances. Felder said Felder said he busted up his ribs. Felder was speaking for the casual audience. I would I would be very shocked if there were actual structural that's, damage to his ribs. It, but that's still damage. That's still. I, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying they weren't damaging. Work. And. Look, if you want a better example of kicks that I just don't get, that, like, why, why Reyes was letting him do that repeatedly. That's never good. Um, and he just didn't – he was, he just let Black, Black, uh, Blahovic set the pace and do whatever he wanted. Yeah, that was a real – I don't know what may have led into that. That was a very, very big I don't tactical think, uh, I don't blunder. think Reyes is that good. I don't think he has the mindset that ice in your veins mentality to be to go the extra mile and become a champion. That I feel like we've seen from Blahovich um, in the last few years when he became a relevant fighter and contender. And Blahovich, he he was two and four in his first yep. six fights in the UFC. He was a nobody. He was a rank and file. At best, mid-level gatekeeper. He lost to freaking Patrick Cummins. 
He has a loss to uh, Sokaju as well. Think about, that for just, like, think about that for just a second. Yeah. Both Pat Cummins and Sokaju have a win over someone who's a UFC champion in 2020. He lost to Gustafsson, a guy. And Robert, I feel like Gustafsson lost his will to become a champion after the. I feel like I feel like he was changed by the loss to Johnson. When he when he lost in front of 30,000 people in his. I I'd have I to double. Like I can't remember whether that or the Cormier loss came first, but between those that came, two. That was before. The Cormier fight was right after. Between those two losses, I feel like he mentally checked out, and I feel like he lost the will to become a champion. Well, there's a lot of guys who – how do I say this? If you do everything you can – Yeah. And I mean – and let's be abundantly clear about this when it comes to Gustafson. The first Jones fight, his fight with Cormier – Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot else he could have done. He gave everything right. he had to that endeavor. Yeah. And in the Cormier fight kind of in particular for me, it came down to whether or not the judges liked it. Right. I, I mean, if you want another example of a uh, similar case, uh, I mean, also factor in the physical damage in both of these cases, but Carlos Condit against Robbie Lawler. Yeah. He gave everything to that fight. I mean, 100 percent everything. You I, couldn't have done I'm, anything else. Now, and I could be a, I could be totally in the wrong here, but when I do the media calls and the conference calls, I am paying attention to their mental and psychological state. And I just feel like Gustafsson was not motivated to win the title in that third fight with Jones. He just didn't seem excited or to believe he could win. And I and I kind of feel that from Reyes as well. I just the energy just feels wrong. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just don't believe he he thought he could win and I feel like he defeated himself before he got into the cage. In comparison Blahovich, he seemed very confident, he seemed very composed going into this fight, and he he just seemed to believe he could win. And I just didn't get that from Reyes. And you have to have that if you're walking into a title fight. And well, Blahovich has the benefit of yeah. being able to just kind of go out and do the same thing every fight. Okay. And live and, with the and here's my problem. And here's my problem with what you're saying, though. You, you're not giving this guy enough respect that he deserves. I am for it. Here's why. I feel like you and a lot of pundits in the media, they only want to give props to the guys who are undefeated or just beating everybody left and right. They don't care as much about the guys who aren't supposed to become champion and who aren't supposed, you know, who aren't supposed to get and work to this level. This is a guy who is 27 and eight and lost to Patrick Cummins lost to Sokaju. I'm more impressed by the fighter who can hit rock bottom like that and can come back from such embarrassing losses and become a champion. Like, look at what Robbie Lawler did. Look at what Rafael Dos Anjos did. Yeah. To me, look, that's look. amazing. Guy, look, if you look at his first six UFC fights, this guy never should have been even sniffing a title shot. But look at what he's done and look at where he is now. 
And if he's the UFC the hadn't actively gutted the division, maybe he wouldn't be. But that's their choice. I don't think, I, that's the other thing. The, the division is much better than than where it was a couple years ago. Uh, okay, I might buy that. I'd have to I'd have to really go through the roster from some of the fine I mean, tooth comb, but I I'll accept the because premise. for example because for example we have Tiago Santos now Santos gave Jones a very tough fight or have yeah. you forgotten that that a that fight sucked b it wasn't that close I don't think it sucked it sucked <laughs> and it wasn't that close a fight well look he has he has a ready made rematch now with uh for the title for Blahovich and I like yeah, that fight. and I remember their first fight it sucked. Before the finish, much like this one. It was unbelievably uh, dull and incredibly repetitive until Santos caught him. I disagree. It's okay. Look, if you enjoyed it more than I did, that's fine. But I feel yeah. like we have matchups we can make now. And Look, the I'm, ha- can- I'm very happy. Like, did you see the video of Joanna watching... Uh, Blahovich win. No. It was great. There's a vi- It's on my Facebook. You can watch it now. It's a great I video. I don't care. <sighs> look, I, look. There are people who cared a lot about his win. 100. percent I think this is. I think this is a great. I think this is a great story here, and I think you and a lot of the media are overlooking Blahovich and not giving him the props and credit he deserves because he's not like this superstar undefeated fighter like Fedor. I don't, I don't care if he's undefeated. A lot of people in the media do. Look, a lot of people in the media, once a guy loses, they, they don't care anymore. That's, that's true. And I think that, I think that is unfair for me. It's not whether or not you lose. It's, it's more how, why, you know, what, what went on in the loss. This I, guy lost Patrick Cummins. Okay. I don't, yeah. And I don't care that he lost to Pat Cummins, really. Patrick Cummins. Patrick Cummins. Wasn't that the fight that should have been a draw? That was a majority decision, right? Yeah. He still lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and look, I don't hold that against him. I'm not, that is not one of those things that I, I, I think, you know, there are some people who can't get over the fact that fighters have losses. I don't care that he lost. I, I like really Robbie don't care what Lawler, his record is. Like Robbie Lawler, I thought like when he was a good fighter, but then when he came back to the UFC and went down to welterweight, he suddenly like became an elite high level fighter. And before that, like when he used to wrestle, when he, when guys used to take him down and wrestle him, he looked lost. He looked frozen and he would look like he didn't know what to do. And then it helped he, he, it helped that he dumped the dead weight of a team he used to have and got with American right. top team. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. Change of teams can, ha- that can help too. But he, but you cannot deny that. The the Lawler we saw when he came back to the UFC was not the same one we saw in Strikeforce. One hundred percent. He turned it around. He turned. He totally turned his career around. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hunt um, did kind of the same thing. He never became Rafael champion. Rafael dos Anjos. was zero and two when he first came into the UFC. And then if then some years later, how many years did it take for him to become champion? Let's see. A lot. He was there for a while. Yeah, he was there a while. Uh, let's see. He debuted in 2008. He won the title. Da, da, da. Set, it took him. It took him seven years. Um, I like guys that can do that. That can turn their fortunes around. And no matter how many years it takes, 
they can capitalize on an opportunity <clears throat> and they can become champion. Michael Bisping took 10 years to become champion. Yeah. And he had to take the fight on less than three weeks notice. And that is all he needed. And proceeded to completely derail that division for two years. Well, the point is, but the point is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what odds makers say, Robert. It doesn't matter what the commentators say. All that matters in this sport is when the cage door closes and what you can do inside that octagon. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And I respect partially Jan, true. I respect Jan Blahovich because he knows that and he believes that, and Dominic Reyes does not. Thank you, Jan Blahovich. You did a great job, no matter what Robert says. Don't listen to Robert. You're a good fighter. You're a good champion. Congratulations to you. 37 years old, becoming a UFC champion. You deserve it. You know, if he fights Glover Teixeira, that I think that would be the oldest title fight in UFC history. Uh, I'd have to double check that, but I think that's true. Glover's up because Glover's up there. He's 40 something. Glover's over 40. Blahovich is 37. That. I wouldn't mind that fight, honestly. If Teixeira, I mean, look, if Teixeira beats Santos, that's probably the next fight. That, that's why I don't care about this division for the next like two title fights. What do you have against Glover Teixeira? I saw him fight for the belt five years ago. Okay. And he got wiped out. Yeah, he did. Wasn't, and he's the same fighter now as he was then. Okay. Technically. His striking consists of plod forward, swing That's, right hand, swing left hook. Look, John Jones was really good, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, I don't, was, hold the, I don't hold the fact that he lost against him. He was like the only, other than Cormier, he was the only champion on top of the division for almost a decade for a reason, you know? And Cormier it's only became look, champion because John couldn't keep his look, personal Look, in Michael Jordan's prime, in Michael Jordan's prime, the Bulls were always winning the championships for when uh, Michael Jordan was at his peak for a reason, Robert. Yeah. And there's a reason no one cared but, about the people he beat. And, and look, but you know, you cannot, but... You know, if you're going to discount, like, the 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 two years the Houston Rockets won the NBA title, just because those were the seasons where Michael Jordan was playing um, uh, baseball, was trying to be a baseball player. Like, to me, that's just not cool. I'm sorry. If you're going to... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not completely discounting them. Look, they rose to the occasion when opportunity was presented to them. All that's, right. that's certainly not nothing. I, you're definitely dismissive and discounting Jan Blahovic. Yeah, I dismiss a lot. I dismiss a lot of people. Oof. I just I dis I disagree with that mindset. I'm sorry. Which is look, I watch. Look at all the fights I have to watch. Yeah. How could I possibly care about most of them? I mean, I mean, con considering some of the boring fights we've seen lately, what Blahovic did with Reyes, I I thought was pretty impressive. Because he was again the finish. He was the was underdog. Great. He was the underdog, and Reyes just didn't look like he knew he knew what to do against a guy like Blahovich. Uh, he was not yeah. ready for that fight. Reyes looked. Reyes needs a real fight camp, man. I don't know where he's training out of, but he had like Let's see, because uh, he only had he had two of Cage, his brothers. Some place called Cage Combat. He had two of his brothers in his corner for the fight with John Jones, and then he had like his only cornermen here were all three of his brothers. 
that's I don't know that that doesn't that doesn't sit well with what me, he does you know? from here. What Reyes does now speaking with Reyes, what he does here from now is crucial. Is yeah, because cool. he's lost twice back to back title fights. When everyone, when everyone, including Ariel Hawani, was saying he beat John Jones. There's a look. There's a very real argument that he beat John. I'm sympathetic. Okay, but okay, you're sympathetic to that, but in the record books, it's a loss. I it thought is. it was at, at best. I, mean, look, I thought people, it was people a draw. Like, People lined up to bet. people lined up to applaud Johnny Hendricks for his fight with GSP. That's a loss too. Okay, so but now he he lost his second title shot. He, he has to really buckle down. This could make or break him. This could make or break his career. Yeah, he's really gotta. The next year and a half or so of his career is crucial. He's gotta figure out what went wrong. Kind of like with kind of like with Ortega. You know, he can make whatever excuses he wants, but it's not it's not. But Robert, it's not just what he does. I feel like outside the cage, it's what he does when he gets into a title fight situation as well. You know, so how many times have we seen got you know guys get such glowing praise in the gym, but it never translates inside the octagon? Yeah, um, that's fairly frequent. That happens. Now, look, Reyes had this, you know, one really strong performance where people thought he beat John Jones for the title, but now he just got slept by uh, Blahovich. He really needs to he needs to change something. I don't know exactly what, but there are some things he has to change. And, you know, if he wants if he ever wants to be champion or, or turn things around. But we'll see. Yeah, I, he could I wash mean, out. He could wash out just from this. That's true. He could. I mean, look what happened to Johnny Hendricks. Again, fought GSP. A lot of people thought he won. Got an immediate rematch. Fought with Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. Won the title. Lost the rematch with Lawler. And then proceeded to fall off a cliff. The thing is, the thing is, at least in Hendricks' case, at least he got to – at least he became champion. Hendricks most definitely had one of the most meteoric falls – in the sport in history, in my opinion. Oh yeah. But at least he became, at least he became a champion. Ray has never, even, even no matter what people say about him beating Jones, he is, he never became the champion. So he has not yet become champion. He's so. not yet. Well, he still could. He's, a, we'll he's a young enough guy that if the right moves are made with him, he, it's not impossible for him to get back to he's it. He's young, but he's not, but he's, he's sturdy. So, he, he's 30, right? He's 30. So in your mind, he, he might only have a couple good years left. You got a couple of peak years. But look, when one of your top contenders is 40, when your champion's 37, we all know 205 doesn't operate the same way. Hmm. Well, I mean, the sa- it's the same yeah. thing with heavyweight. Like, we all know they we all know everyone ages. I mean, I mean it ages differently yeah. there. Yeah, you have a, if you're a heavyweight, you, for the most part, you have a longer lifespan, pretty much. Um, you're a bit more, dur- you're a bit more durable, I guess, but, um, so, again, I, imagine- I want to see a change in attitude from him more than anything. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that would certainly, I mean, uh, it would need to be more behind the scenes than anything. I mean, I don't care what kind of facade he presents to the world. That's only up. That's ultimately up to his conscience, <laughs> but yeah, he's, He's got to, He's definitely got to make some changes. Uh, next for Blahovich is 
pro- assuming they can ever make the fight happen, <laughs> uh, the winner of Glover Teixeira and Tiago Santos. Uh, so- this would be Santos' first fight back since he had to have both of his knees uh, repaired. Mm-hmm. And let's see. There's Rakish, there's Rakish lurking around uh, Prajaka. Prajaka's way too soon to be in the title yeah. picture. I mean, he, the guy has one fight in the UFC. Let's see. Rakich, you might be able to make the argument, but I think the way he needs split- a, he needs at least one solid win coming off uh, Anthony Smith. You yeah. need a top contender type one. Um, he, he could even beat someone who's not a top contender if he does it in spectacular enough fashion. Mm-hmm. But you, you need one and of the, those. The two. problem is the pro- we have uh, Walker and like Walker and Serkunov Sir- really looked hot, like they were hot and then they were cold. But so I don't know. I don't know what their chances are of ever becoming contenders. Given, given the just lack of talent in the division, pretty good. But given their own personal inconsistencies, I mean, if Walker can somehow squeeze out a couple, if he can somehow get a good matchup against a top opponent, he can he beat. And, he and Anthony Smith have been chirping at each other. <laughs> you know, look, I if he, if he beats Anthony Smith, uh, look, say he beat, give him a title shot. <laughs> look, say he beats Anthony Smith and Rakich gets injured. Who is here, there? Now, here's my issue with Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is starting to look like Anthony Smith of old these days. You know? Yeah, he's, uh, look, he's looking Smith, like pre pre UFC Anthony Smith. Smith looks a little washed. And I'm not, and and I like Anthony Smith. It's just that he kind of had that run where he looked really exceptional for a while, and, and now he, he got just, the, he he was the. Not not entirely, but he was at least partially the beneficiary of favorable matchmaking. Sure. I mean, come on, but beating I mean, Rashad he, Evans and he Shogun. Looked like, he looked frozen. He looked frozen against John Jones. He looked frozen. Yeah, he really did. He looked stunned. So. I wonder how often he kicks himself for not taking the DQ. You know. Eh. I, just, I think I he's. Just I think he's answered that question enough. He, I. I just don't. Oh, think no, I. I. I don't. I don't mean you know publicly. I don't mean. I don't expect him to ever mm-hmm. in public say, "Yeah, man, I really wish I would have done that." He's. But yeah, I mean, if that happened, there would have been an immediate. There would have been just all that all sorts of uproar. There would have been an immediate rematch. And, sure, you know, but he would have been champion. Yeah. Would have got the payday from it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So. Uh, what if? What, so again, point being, I we've got that guy. We've got again either Teixeira or Santos most probably next for Blahovich. Uh, after that, it is slim. It, I mean, yeah, it is kind of slim pickings, but there are got there are fights I want to see. Uh, look, it's, I it's, imagine that in about two years, we'll have several fights we can talk about that are things we can look for. That are things we'll be looking forward to. We'll have a top 10 that's, you know, uh, interesting and doesn't feature a bunch of rematches. Jones Jones might change his mind. You never know. Uh, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's just making noise. Can we talk for just one moment about how, like, stupid it was for the first thing Blahovich does on the mic after that is say, hey, John, where are you? We know where John is. 
he want he says John Jones promised him the fight. Oh, you talked to each other through a cage after you knocked out Corey Anderson. You got nothing. <laughs> Except the fact that you're going to have a dull fight with Tiago Santos before one of you catches the other one in an almost carbon copy repeat of your previous fight. I got to be honest, if I was Blahovich, I might have done the same thing. I mean, look, he's not going to make I shouldn't say money again. I mean, he's not making money anyway. No one in the UFC is. But look, if we're trying, if we're talking about gauging public interest, does anyone care about him against Teixeira or Santos a fourth as much as they care about him against John? Well, it'll probably be the co-main event to a bigger fight like this. Yes. Yeah. yeah almost certainly. But again, does anyone, you know, care? Is is that a, is that a fight that's gonna? drum up interest is it going to benefit right now no trajectory look 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 here's here's, i I understand here's the point i'm going to make here's the point i'm going to make here's the point i'm going to make you know everyone complains there aren't any stars and there aren't any draws until suddenly there is you know um and we go through phases where it looks like a ronda rousey is winding down or connor's you know doing his other projects. And then suddenly, uh, Habib just suddenly turns into a huge star overnight or an honest that took a Khabib's rise to stardom was well-documented. It just didn't take place in the United States. Right. But like, like Ronda Rousey was not a big draw until suddenly all of a sudden she was, you know, like her first couple title fight she wasn't really drawing all that much and then suddenly she's drawing like one million buys it took a bit it's uh, momentum in mma like that is is um more quadratic than linear okay like, one, once you get someone on that positive trajectory they don't go up uh you know again incrementally i i, I can't they grow they don't grow they don't escalate like a straight line they tend to escalate like a parabola that that okay. curve steep. So what I'm saying is is that there will the that look someone's going to come along at 205. It is something in an, of an inevitability. I, I think we've seen plenty of times where the you know there are lulls in the pay per view business until suddenly it turns around. Um, like in 2016, I think their pay per view business dropped. I think almost in half. Yeah, they took a pretty serious hit. Just because of all the injuries and all the fights they were losing. Um, Now, right now, you know, because you have guys like Odyssey, like Connor's large, like Connor's not fight. He's fighting irregularly. But you have guys like Adesanya and you have guys who are cycling in and out who can pick up the slack in terms of star power. Adesanya is cycling up. You've still got Khabib. Um, but ha- ha- Amanda Nunes ha- has a pretty good following. Khabib wants to retire in two fights. Yeah. If all goes well for him. So that's just kind of the cycle of MMA. Star- stars kind of, I feel like they kind of like cycle. They kind of shift up and then shift down and shift out. And I feel like we will be, sooner or later, we'll be caught by another... Oh yeah. Okay. It, just by process of elimination, it happens eventually. Another, exactly. There will be another guy the level of Adesanya who just 
maybe not comes out of nowhere, but will suddenly become a star all of a sudden. Yeah, it'll, no... it'll happen at 205 at some point in the future. I well, I, I just don't see thought, it happening I feel soon. like Johnny Walker we thought was going to be that at one point, but, but, you know, it will happen by process of elimination. John yeah. Jones was not always John Jones. Nope, John John had to build himself up. John built momentum throughout his career. Exactly. exactly. So again, I'm I even John even John was not a big draw until he started his rivalry with Cormier. His fight with Gustafsson did not do that well. No, that was that was a tragically lowly low purchased pay per view. <laughs> by that by that year's standards, yes, it wasn't like. Bottom out. Well, uh, well, I, I mean, tragically low relative to the quality of that fight. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah, same like is true of Whitaker versus Romero too. I think like, it was like nobody saw that. I think it was like 300, 350, whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, sometimes it takes a big rivalry, like with um, like with Cormier and Jones, to t- something that'll just really put one fighter or his title run over the top. Some, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It took Anderson Silva until he fought uh, Chael and then Vitor. Yeah, Chael and Vitor. There you go. That that combination was what kind of put him over the top. So, yeah, it it happens. I'm not sure. That's why I'm sort of confident about the state of the sport, even though there will be lulls and there will be doldrums like next week. I mean, look, I'm I'm not down on the – I'm not lamenting the state of the sport in its entirety. I just – I think we all – and look, this is going to be different for everybody. I just think that you have to kind of be honest with yourself about what you care about, why you care about it, and how that fluctuates over time. Well, like, until we got to the flyweights last night, like, this was not, like, to me, this was not, like, a pay-per-view quality card. If we're uh, talking about just the main card of the pay-per-view, look, there's two fights on this main card worth watching. It's the flyweights and it's the main event. Okay. But what- I got so I at least got something out of... Blaho- I really enjoy Blahovich mainly for Blahovich's performance, and I, and because I believe Blahovich could pull it off. I was Look, one of the if, few people. If you enjoyed it, you know, hey, Godspeed and party on. Find whatever warmth you can in this cold, crazy world. Okay, I think we can just do a quick rundown for the rest of the show. Yeah, probably. Uh, so yeah, again, two o five kind of a wasteland for the next little bit but the machinery's turning over again at least so hopefully in 10 months or so something will have positive momentum in that division uh, as for the rest of this card brandon royville defeated kai kara france via guillotine choke 48 seconds in the second round oh thank thank heavens for this fight this was non-stop insanity from start to finish Kara France comes out and blasts Royville with a right hand. Uh, Royville stumbles, recovers, hits a spinning back elbow. They both go down. They trade crazy scrambles. They trade punches. There's a knee from Royville that drops Kara France. Come into the second round. They trade again. He jumps for this really tight guillotine. Uh, this was four minute, five minutes and 50 seconds or so of total insanity. And it just continues to make me unbelievably sad that the UFC gutted this division like they did. Uh, tragic. Uh, Ketlin Vieja defeated Sajara Eubanks for unanimous decision. 29-28 across the board. This fight sucked. 
Uh, Hakeem Dawadu defi- defeated Zubaira Tahuga via split decision. There was a 30-27 for Dawadu that I thought was a little bit sketchy. Uh, 29-28 for either man I think is acceptable. I scored it for Tahugov, but he tried to sit on a lead that wasn't actually a lead in the third round. Uh, fight wasn't all that great. I mean, the first round is pretty good. After that, eh. As for the prelims, Brad Riddell defeated Alex De Silva via unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. This was a pretty good fight. This is kind of the other one from this, if I were looking at this card in total, this is a pretty good fight. Riddell had a tough first round, but De Silva kind of gassed himself out a little bit, and then Riddell's superior striking kind of took over. Uh, Jake Matthews defeated Diego Sanchez via unanimous decision, 30-26 on all three scorecards. Leave it to Jake Matthews to underwhelm fighting Diego Sanchez in 2020. Uh, Ludovic Klein, this was a catchweight. Klein missed weight. He came in at 150 for a featherweight fight. He defeated Shane Young via knockout, head kick, and punches, 116 of the first. Really nice finishing finishing sequence from Klein. Kind of a partially blocked head kick, but it stunned Young. He slipped off to his right, snuck an uppercut in there, dropped him, finished him. Klein's pretty legit. Uh, he's... He's been making some waves with uh, again some of his head kick proficiency throughout his uh, more regional run. So he's uh, probably was overdue a trip to the UFC. Uh, William Knight defeated Alexa Kammer via unanimous decision, 29-28, and then two 30-27s. I thought Knight was going to gas out after about two minutes, given his physique, but uh, between his work and then just kind of the pace of the fight, he kept it up. I'm uh, you know, not massively impressed with Knight, but fairly. For a, he's still very young, uh, still very green, but knows his way around on the ground, especially for a guy being billed as a brawler. So there was that. Um, Juan Espino defeated Jeff Hughes via scarf hold choke through three minutes and 48 seconds of round one. Heavyweights. Uh, I, Espino... Ca- he had a bit of momentum coming off his season of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, sloppy striker, but fairly solid uh, you know, uh, grappler. Uh, this was a, I mean, it, you know, we kind of joke about the scarf hold, especially the scarf hold choke. It really only works on big guys, uh, and that's largely. There's a lot of stuff that, for some reason, I shouldn't say for some reason. I can tell you why. Different holds work differently against different people, different body types in particular. Uh, you see a lot of heavyweights tap to Americanas, even badly applied ones, just because there's a lot more material in their shoulder, and there's a lot less flexibility there. Uh, the scarf hold, that kind of choke, chest compressor thing, it really works a lot better on people who are bigger than people who are smaller because it's easier to compress everything. And kicking everything off, Danilo Marquez defeated Kadis Ibrahimov unanimous decision. Somehow, despite all the lackluster fights last night, this was the worst. This is actually on my list of worst fights of the year right now. This was absolutely dreadful. So there's that. All right, Jeff, what do you want to talk about from that? Uh, what do you think? Fast track Brandon Royville to title fight with Figueredo? Uh, Figueroa's got the Garbrandt fight. I mean, look, it's flyweight. The U. You want to you want to be a you want to be a ranked you want to be a ranked contender at flyweight in the UFC. It's real easy. Be signed to the UFC to fight at 125 pounds. <laughs> okay. Um, fire Zubaira Tahugov. 
fire him. I don't want to see him fight again. That fight was awful. Um, Ketlin Vieja versus Eubanks was not much better. Yeah, that's all I have. Uh, and for the love of God, stop licensing Diego Sanchez to fight. Oh, yeah, that too. I I have unbelievable... At this point, I have serious ethical and moral concerns about just even saying that man can fight professionally. It's I'm, I'm, I'm seriously offended McGregor's even in endorsing the... Uh, publicly endorsing the idea of fighting him, whether he, he's serious about it or not. And... In all seriousness, Jake Matthews, you great, big, unimpressive lummox. How how do you go the distance with this guy in 2020? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, leave it. Jake I think Matthews was, has been around for a while, too. He did. I mean, he debuted in the UFC probably too young. He was like 19 when he debuted mm-hmm. in the UFC. And at this point, just. He's a guy that has a fair amount of ability if you look at him kind of on paper, but it never quite marries. And he has disappointed perpetually in uh, some pretty big spots. He has 10 wins in the UFC. I'm not saying he's bad. <laughs> that, that's, again, that's not what I said. No, I said, it kind of surprises me, honestly. I know, right? I've seen all of them, and I can only remember like three. Uh, hmm. I mean, it's not a ter- I mean, to be ten and f- to be ten and four in the UFC, you know that that's pretty it's good. Not, yeah, it's, it's certainly record. not nothing. It's a decent but record. I don't think he's ever getting better than this. You know. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that's that was UFC 253. Big thanks to everyone who. Here's what it, by- here's what annoys me. The, right. the the next card is ESPN when. Woodley versus Covington was ESPN plus, which makes no sense to me. The UFC does not like Tyron Woodley or Colby Covington and actively seek to diminish their ability to negotiate. Okay. Shale Sonnen thinks um, Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley would be the toughest matchups for Adesanya. Um, the size difference makes me a little bit hesitant to agree with that. I mean, I'll say this about Colby, a potential Colby versus Adesanya fight. Adesanya hasn't fought a relentless grappler in a while. I would still favor Adesanya, especially with Covington's lack of head movement. But if that gets close and if Colby can kind of force that to be the kind of the kind of scrambly based grind fest that he likes... That's an area we have not seen Adesanya have to contend in. There aren't a lot of guys who fight like that now at middleweight, though. There really aren't. Uh, it, why, I mean, oh, oh I, no, actually, I think he said Weidman. Weidman and Woodley. Oh. Uh, why? I don't know. I don't see Weidman getting that fight anytime soon, honestly. I, yeah, I... I like but Whiteman, but he's he's he too far. At, he's on the other side of the hill. Old. Man. He's sadly too old and past his prime at this point. You know, he's 36 now. Prime, prime Chris Weidman against prime Ant, uh, Adesanya. Yeah, I would. That would have been a heck of a fight. But Weidman's way past that at this point. So this upcoming card, 
UFC on ESPN 16. Um, you know what? I don't think we have a finalized bout order for this yet, so I'm going to read this card as currently listed. And I'm going to let you all kind of think about what horrors await me when I have to cover this. Your main event, in all likelihood, crowns a nut, the next title challenger at women's bantamweight, depending on what Amanda Nunes wants to do. Uh, Holly Holm and Irene Aldana. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest one hit wonder in the history of the sport. Matt Sarah is retired. You leave him alone. Mm, talking about Holly Holm. Oh, I, I mean, really, if I was going to call anyone a one-hit wonder at this point, it would be Aldana, whose only quasi-memorable thing in the UFC was one knockout of Ketlin Vieja. <laughs> I mean, Aldana has a degree of technical proficiency, but... I, again, I don't I don't know anyone that cares about this fight. Holly Holm has lost five UFC title fights. And if she wins here, she'll get to lose a sixth. That's that, pretty abysmal. Look, the division sucks. They're desperate to try and build something around it, and Holly's approximation of name value perpetually allows it lets her be the female Uriah Faber. The female Matt Sarah. No, I shouldn't say the female Uriah Faber because Holly Holm actually won a UFC title. <laughs> you butt shinned loser. So did Matt Sarah. He did. And had exactly as many title defenses as Johnny Hendricks did. Zero. Same, same with Holly Holm. The truth. <laughs> Holly Holm had zero title defenses. You know my favorite champion with zero title defenses? Um, Shogun? No, Robert Whitaker. Oh. That still makes me angry. Zero title defenses. I'm I'm still upset about that in Romero. Yeah, I mean Romero should have won that fight anyway, so who cares? I care. Uh, again, it it so didn't matter in the end. Uh, so anyway, that is your main event. Your co-main event, I believe this again. We don't have a finalized bout order. I think this would be the co-main. Speaking of one-hit wonder champions with no title defenses, the most utterly unimpressive champion in UFC history, Jermaine Durandamy, will fight Juliana Pena. Hooray. Just burn that fight to the ground. <laughs> we have a heavyweight fight between Jorgen DeCastro and Carlos Felipe. Boom. If we don't get a boom heavyweight finish, that's going to be awful. Uh, we have a middleweight fight between Deca Daquan Townsend and Dusko Todorovic. I believe Townsend has one appearance in the UFC, Todorovic none. No, I'm sorry. Townsend has three appearances in the UFC. He has lost all of them. Uh, we have another middleweight fight, this one between Jordan Williams and... I'm going to mispronounce this gentleman's first name. Uh, Nasirandin Im Imovov. I believe they're both making their debuts. A welterweight fight between Carlos Condit and Court McGee. This fight would have been pretty good, believe it or not, about eight years ago. A middleweight fight between Tom Breeze and Roman Kopilov. 
Featherweight fight between Charles Jourdain and Josh... Uh, Kulibo? Kulibo? Kulibo. I think he's fought in the UFC before. A bantamweight fight between Kyler Phillips and Cameron Elsay. There's an L in there. I think that's an L. A women's strawweight fight between Loma, Luke Bunmi, and Jin Yu Fry. Bantamweight fight between Casey Candy and Hele Alatang. And a lightweight fight between Yesen Ayari and Luigi Venderamini. If that particular list of fights doesn't make you want to drop, like you want to just, you know, climb to the top of a tall building and jump off, I don't know what will. Uh, I mean, there's nothing here. Look at that. Talk about slim pickings. Look at that card. Well, I mean, the thing is, Condit has lost his last five fights. I know. <laughs> and I mean, it's like the it's zombie Carlos Condit and Court McGee. One and four in his last five. And look, I he, I, he won the Ultimate Fighter over ten years ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, over he, 10 at this point. He's lucky to still even have a job in the UFC. Look, I like Court McGee for purely personal attachment reasons. No, so he, do I. I like him too, but... I, I, look, I've said this before. I like McGee because I watched his first, like, six fights in the, uh, ever, because they took place at a local promotion here. Okay. I like him because of, you know, he's he seems like a good guy, a good family man, and, and he overcame a lot, and he overcame addiction and all that. And um, But who could possibly care about this? Message. Again, if this fight were happening in 2012, 2013, low-key good fight, right? Like, both guys prone to violence, high Robert act. Whitaker should have beaten Nick Ring. Should have definitely beaten Nick Ring. Yeah. But in 2020, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing there. I was, I, I was, I was legit surprised McGee was even still fighting in the UFC. So was I a little bit. I thought that last loss would have done him in. I mean, not that I have anything against him, but like, uh, let's he's, see. He's just not in a good spot. His record has not been good. Uh, again, he's one in four in his last five. And. Even further, his record is is go, is not very good. No, he's been he's been very up and down. He's yeah. Hmm. Uh, Condit has not, as you mentioned earlier, I feel like he mentally checked out after the Lawler fight. I mean, and I, I understand against it. Neil Magny, submitted submitted by Oliveira and Mike Chiesa. That Kiesa one in particular, that was a nasty Kimura Kiesa hit. I mean, I will say this. If Condit is sticking around, I want to see him against these other kind of guys who are about ready to leave. Dana White's saying saying he's got to have that talk with Cerrone. He should be considering having that talk with Condit. Yeah. I mean, Condit's... Condit is a guy, Condit and Cerrone, if they want to give them just like ceremonial jobs, I'd be more than happy with that, especially a guy like Condit. I don't know what he could do for them, though. I don't, they could find some sort of pointless they job. They don't have money to throw away, and even if they did, the UFC doesn't want How to. How do you know? They, oh, he could be, Condit could probably be a broadcaster. Eh, if you're going to let Angela Hill be... be Angela Hill is a decent talking head and has some charisma. He's okay. 
She's I, I not said, as good. I, as, I said decent. She's oh, not as good as um. Uh, look, Usman's better at it than she is. Usman, uh, Felder's better. Felder's, at it. Felder's amazing. Felder's, Felder's a better broadcaster than he is a fighter. Felder's a much better talking head than he is uh, play-by-play guy or com- um, color commentator. Have they had um? Not uh, Eve's at, Eve Edwards was really good. Edwards was pretty good as a talking head, yeah. When they Edwards, when is, great, that spot. Edwards is a great broadcaster, I think. Um, she's okay. Uh, again, if she were any, if she were any worse, I don't think she'd be there. But she kind of skates by on her her ability is just is good enough to kind of justify it. And you know, there's some kind of mandate about them wanting more women on that on those talking head panels, so. Misha Tate, I thought, was a great broadcaster, honestly. Um, in what capacity? As for the fight, for the for the MMA fights. No, no, no. I mean, like, just as a talking head between fights. As a, talk, was... as a, as a talking head, not as okay. a like a color commentator. No, because uh, I've heard her color commentary; it's awful. No, I think she was she was she was uh, all right. Yeah, for she a female all, MMA she fighter, right I think desk. she was a great. Yeah, on the desk, I thought she did a great job. Um. I mean, Megan O'Leavy, is, I think she's a dynamite interviewer. She's really great at yeah, what Megan she does, o- I think. Megan O'Leavy is a is an absolute hero for those broadcasts. I don't think she gets enough credit. I agree. Uh, okay, but I, I just don't know where Con- Carlos Condit's head, head is at right now. I don't get why he's fighting anymore. That, yeah, I, I don't really either. Um, so, all right. If I'm going to force myself I think to be it's probably cause he, cause he has a side business selling medical equipment and cold brew coffee. Maybe he's just trying to get some seed money for that. How much does he make? How much did he make for his last fight? Uh, Let's see if that's been released. Cause that was two thirty two. That was two thirty two. And that was in, uh, that was in California. Yeah. Hang on. Conda made $115,000 for that fight with Michael Chiesa. That's why he's fighting again. Because <laughs> they'll throw six figures at him to do so. Probably also has alimony and child support. I don't know about his personal life. I do. Wouldn't shock me then. I mean, I occasionally wonder about, you know, why is Alistair Overeem still fighting? And then I realize the man makes $500,000 a fight, you know? Uh, but look, even disregarding all the issues with Covington and Woodley. To me, that was a fight you would have wanted to headline ESPN. It is somewhat amazing to me that that fight, which in 2018 was kind of like, we all thought that was going to be a pay-per-view headliner. And by the time the UFC actually makes it, they stick it on ESPN Plus as just another turn of the gears. You know? that, was, that really took me by surprise. Again, the UFC doesn't like Covington or Woodley all that much. I mean, they threw one of Coving- Covington's fight with Lawler. Got irregardless, they, irregardless. Ooh, you know, in this don't, pandemic don't, era, what? Don't say that. Why? That's not a word. Irregardless is not a word. It's not a word. Regardless. <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I said it. Uh, because the force of popular the, the force of popular culture is such that they, we now that words now don't mean what they actually mean. Anyway, point. You were making a point. 
It's in the dictionary. I know. And for some reason, they decided to ignore that the prefix that the ear prefix should mean it was it is without without regard, and they now just say it means the okay. same thing as regardless. Regardless, regardless, regardless. That is like to me. That's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. We're a in little a pan- bit. We're in a never-ending pandemic. It'll end. Have they the- all do. <laughs> not yet. No, not yet, but it will end. I need proof to I need proof to believe that at this point. Every other every other pandemic level event like this has always ended. They always do. We're in we're stuck in a very long pandemic. A very long pandemic. You have this ESPN deal, you want to set yourself apart and you want to draw as much as possible if you're on ESPN. That is a that is a grudge match you can sell on ESPN since you're putting fights on main ESPN and it makes I am going this from the perspective that an ESPN card a main ESPN card is more prestigious than ESPN plus you would want a big grudge fight to sell an ESPN card and that would have been the fight to do it or maybe now I I I will admit maybe with Covington's outspoken antics, that's not something they wanted to put on ESPN. I admit that's a possibility, but I have no idea. But this card on main ESPN is very questionable to me. This is an unbelievably weak card on paper. <laughs> like, I would complete, if I was not, put it this way, if I was not covering this event, I would not watch it. Because let's see, I mean... Who is ranked on this card? Uh, Holman Aldana and I think Durandamy and I gotta check the uh, so Durandamy I mean, and Pena, Holman Ald- and Aldana are all, all four probably ranked. They are ranked, yeah, but they're um, only ranked. They're only ranked because of the divisions. Well, yeah, in. the division. The division sucks. Um, Do we maybe, have any other ranked opponents on this card? Uh, maybe look Bunmi and Fry. Maybe. No, that's Strawweight. No, Strawweight's too good for either of them to be ranked. Condon and McGee definitely are not ranked. No. Um, even though they are, you know, longtime veterans. And, and, and I'm not saying a fight. the fighters have to be ranked for the fights to be good or for a card to be good. But to make a card sort of, like, attractive to watch on paper, you want some ranked fights and some, rank, and some fights that matter. Right, Robert? Oh, yeah. So that that's definitely not helping the case for this event. Let me have a quick look. I'll see if because yeah, Jamie the, Fry. No, no. no she lost. She lost her debut, I believe. Or it was ve- or had a very unimpressive win. Look, Bunmi is one and one in the UFC, and look, women's she strawweight. Strawweight, and she is not even ranked. So no, strawweight's a, hang on. Strawweight's a good division. It's a decent division. Uh, of the of the women's divisions, that's a that's a it's good one division. of the bet. You're right. It's one of the more competitive. Yeah, it's fly, probably the look, most competitive. Flyweight and bantamweight are wastelands. Right. Um. Yeah. It's in terms of the fights that matter. In terms of ranked fights, there's n- almost nothing here. Almost nothing, other than the main and co-main. I would say even those don't actually matter because again. Well, yeah, who, because who all because home. Durandame have already lost to Amanda 
Um, Holm has lost every title fight she's been in, save for Ronda Rousey. Uh, Duranda May already lost. She just lost to Amanda last December. Duranda May only got only was ever put in a second title fight because See. bantamweight is so terrible after the way she conducted herself at featherweight. Kenya. Um. What to say about Pena? Yeah. The UFC really, ex- really kind of hoped they had something with her, and then she didn't pan out. I mean, Aldana. Look, looking at Aldana's record, she is five and three in the UFC. So even her record is not that impressive to me. Ah, it look. She's getting this spot because she scored one of the few straight up knockouts you'll see in women's MMA when she knocked out right. uh, Vieja. It's a disappoint. It's a it's it's a disappointing card. They needed you need at least two signature fights on this card, and and they don't have they don't even have one. And look, Holly Holm. Let's be honest. She is probably winding down. One has to imagine. <laughs> I mean, her last couple of fights she lost, have not. She lost five title fights. Lost to Cyborg. Lost to Amanda. Lost to Duran. <laughs> She should have won that fight, but that fight yeah, was awful. Whatever. That that was such a badly handled fight yep. by everyone. <laughs> yep. And then Durandamy capitalized on that supreme momentum by ducking Cyborg and getting stripped of the title. Like there, there's nothing to this card. Yeah, I don't. All right. Yeah, I think we can move on then. Look, don't. I'm gonna tell everyone this. Don't watch it. I have to. Let me suffer. Read my coverage. Or if anyone out there, especially some of the people who occasionally complain about my work, you want to do what I do. I tell people it's not complicated. What I do is not – again, it's not complicated. You want to fall on this grenade for me, I'll go do something else with my six hours. And I will be much happier I mean, doing something I mean, if I else. was still getting credentialed for UFC, I would do it. That's a whole other can of worms. You, uh, come on. You can, you don't need to be credentialed. You just got to sit in front of your computer and do it. Uh, sorry. That Those are my terms. <laughs> if I can't go live to the Middle East. Exactly. That, uh, that's what it's got to be. Uh, I'm sure if we hit up a shoes, he can get you a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I'll be covering that this Saturday in the MMA Zone of 411 Mania, trying desperately to retain some shreds of my sanity. And, again, I'm happy to say this. In practice, we might get some fights that are worth watching, and I really hope we do. I really do. I don't want to watch bad fights. I'm just not going to lie to you guys about my enthusiasm level. So take that for whatever it's worth. All right. Uh, some bits of news. Let's let's start with this one because it will annoy Jeff. Uh, Conor McGregor came out. He got back on social media this particular week. And one of the things he mentioned was sometime later this year, I, I believe before the end of the year, then we don't have a date for this, but he is planning to 
box Manny Pacquiao somewhere in the Middle East. Now, lest we all just think this is another bout of Conor McGregor's bravado, this seems to be fairly legitimate. In fact, Pacquiao, uh, I think just in the last couple of days, came out and said, yes, there are serious talks going on about this. Uh, the UFC is involved trying to end the negotiations to some degree or another, being the promoters of Conor, uh, or whatever contractual relationship they have. Now, none of this means it's actually going to happen, but this isn't just Conor throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. There's... This seems to be a legitimate attempt to make this happen. And look, there's a lot of people in the Middle East. I shouldn't say a lot of people. There's a lot of money in the Middle East. And people in those positions who are willing to spend a lot of money to bring stuff that they want to see to them. Is it the General Sports Authority? I, I don't know. We don't have we don't have a country even. That they've, they've said the region. They have not said Abu Dhabi or the UAE or... I really wherever. hope it's the General Sports Authority. That's chaos I'm rooting for. Uh, and look, I've said this before. If you guys didn't know this, Anthony Joshua was paid a $90 million appearance fee for that rematch with Anthony Ruiz Jr. to take place in Saudi Arabia. Uh the I forget how much they're paying UFC in site fees for their stuff that's taking place in the in Abu Dhabi. Um, the WWE doesn't go there for fun. They go there because the Saudis pay them a lot of money. So there's people there who are willing to throw money after causes like this. And when there's that much money involved, there's a real chance of it happening. I'm personally unbelievably disinterested in this entire endeavor. But... You'd love it. No, I wouldn't. You, you totally love it. I really don't. I hated the first fight. But I hated Mayweather McGregor. I would hate this for all the same reasons. But That sounds I'm, different from what you were saying earlier. No, no. What I said earlier was I understand it. Look, Connor's going to make multiple millions of dollars, if not tens of millions for this. I'm not going to pretend I don't get it. Uh, look, no one's going to pay me a million dollars to do anything, right? Hypothetically, if I was good enough at something for someone to say, sure, here's something loosely adjacent to what you do. Here's eight figures worth of cash. Come do it for us. I don't care how stupid I'm going to look. I'm going to go take the money. And if they're willing to throw $20 million at Conor McGregor to come box Manny Pacquiao in Saudi Arabia, yeah, he's going to try and do that. I don't blame him at all. I have no interest. And I find it's a profoundly stupid cash grab on the part of any promoter associated with it. But are we going to pretend it's not going to sell? And are we going to pretend that the fighters in question aren't just doing it to get paid? They're all doing it to get paid. Connor would make 10 times more from this in all probability than he would fighting anyone in the UFC. So why wouldn't he? He's retired. He's retired. So what? He's retired. Birthday cake. And now he's working out with his son in the gym. And getting arrested. Eh, 
Yeah. I mean, look, Connor's, I'm not here to vouch for Connor's character. I'm sorry. Are you going to pretend you wouldn't take that payday? I don't know. But I'm not. But look, no one's offering you or me anything like that because, again, we're not good enough at anything to warrant it. And what we are good at doesn't warrant that kind of money anyway. But hypothetically. Would this be be an actual fight or would it be an exhibition? I think it would be uh, it would be an actual fight because the statement I'm seeing from Pacquiao's people, it sounds like it would be this charity thing. Like he's doing it to raise raise it for to raise money for people in the Philippines. He does that a lot. He uh, he you know, tries to do charitable work there in his home country. Let's see. Which is look, if that might be why he does it. He says, "Sure, I will come fight Conor McGregor for your entertainment in exchange you give X for the sake of, money. of all the Filipino COVID nineteen victims." Senator Pacquiao will be fighting Conor McGregor next year. A huge, a huge portion of his earnings will proceed to those who are affected nationwide by the pandemic. So, I don't know. So, look, yeah, at this point, Manny does a lot of kind of work like that. So, again, I'm. I guess, look, the UFC doesn't want to book him in a fight right now, and I think that I don't know what I I don't know what the deal is with McGregor and the UFC. Honestly, I don't get it at all. So if you're not, I guess you can, because if the UFC is co-promoting it, you might as well. Because UFC, I, I guess UFC is is obstinately sticking to the idea that they don't want Conor to fight um, without fans, or they want to wait for him to fight Khabib, and Khabib is fighting Gagey. There's so. also a lot. There's the relationship between the UFC and Connor changes frequently at the moment. It seems a bit more acrimonious than harmonious. So uh, yeah, again, who knows, but McGregor, I'm, McGregor, I, I can't say McGregor is blameless in that regard. Sure. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of egos, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of everything. I'm sure there's multiple parties that bear culpability. I don't know. I just feel like McGregor is kind of surrounding himself with a, probably a lot of yes men, probably a lot of money marks who are probably bilking him. And mm, I'm not saying that's that's just what I I'm speculating. And I admit I'm speculating, but that's kind of what I think is happening with him now. But yeah. he would not be the first look, nor the last fighter to have that problem. Look, when you like when you're when you're an athlete and you're a superstar and you're making the type of money McGregor is making, those you know those temptations and those risks uh, of exploitation are very real. So. Oh yeah. So we can all look forward to some kind of boxing circus at some point in 21 involving not McGregor and Pacquiao. Not necessarily. It, it could fall apart. You never it know. It could. Again, this is not finalized. This is what everyone's – this is where – the again, their talks are where they are. There's nothing official yet as far as I know. But, again, with enough money being thrown around, that drastically increases the probability of it happening. Uh, okay. I have some news I would like to share. 
Okay, hang on. Last thing I have here on my list, uh, because this came out last night on the broadcast. The UFC has finalized UFC uh, 254. This is the Gagey versus Khabib card. We're getting a six-fight main card, which is the first time they've done that in quite a while, apparently. Okay. Just the one title fight. Yeah, uh... I have it right here. Okay, so we have our main event, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gagey. Great fight. Co-main event, Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier. Uh, great fight. Great fight. There's a heavyweight fight between Alexander Volkov and Walt Harris. Who cares? Uh, Islam Makachev against Rafael Dos Anjos. Good that fight. A, that's, a, that's a great fight. That's a really big test for Dos Anjos coming back to lightweight and a pretty significant step up for Makachev, who a future has, contender has a lot of ability. Will be a title contender. And probably, yeah. I mean, it's lightweight, so who knows? But certainly on his way there. And a women's flyweight fight between Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy that I don't care about. <laughs> So also kind of announced for that card more in general, we have Magomed on Kalayev and Iwan Kutalaba again. Stefan Struve and Tai Tuivasa, yuck. Um, Umar Nurmagomedov and Sergey Morozov. Umar Nurmagomedov finally being in the UFC, I'm kind of Stephen excited. Stefan Struve really needs to make something happen. He needed to make something happen years ago, he's done. Well, uh, yes. there's they're trying <laughs> they're trying again to make Zabit Magomed Sharipov and Yair Rodriguez a thing. Uh, Why not? Why not? Because it's fallen apart like eight times. Well, ninth oh. time is the ninth just, time is the charm. Just give it up. Just give it up. Move them both on. There's a light heavyweight fight between Sam Alvey and Da Eun Jung. That will be awful. Uh, Bantamweight, Umar Nurmagomedov versus Sergey Morozov. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Um, so that's not the full card. There's a few other fights sprinkled in there. Middleweight, Jacob Malk, uh, Cohen, Kuhn, Phil Malcoon. versus Phil Haas. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, some of those, so, look, some of those fights are really good. When 50% of your pay-per-view card is good to great fights, you're doing something right. Okay. So we got that finalized to look forward to at the end of October. At least Whitaker Cannoneer is basically that's a virtual title eliminator. Barring something really unexpected, yeah. Oh crap, I forgot to make my joke about two fifty three. Which was what? Well, if you recall last week I said my prediction for maximum chaos around the light heavyweight title picture was a somewhat boring fight that Blahovich wins and then fails a drug test. Oh. We are we are two thirds of the way there. Well, pe- people were, ma- you know, there was that controversy about uh, Adesanya last night that uh, John Jones and Marvin Vittori were even commenting on. Yeah. Some doctors have commented on the uh, what appears to be a case of gynecomastia for Israel Adesanya. Um. Dr. Brian Sutter on YouTube says pump the brakes on that, said it is not necessarily caused by uh, 
abnormal hormone levels or steroid use, basically. Yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to have that other than steroid abuse. In fact, it, part of the reason we so frequently associate it with steroid abuse is that is a very specific like American ideology about what people look like. Um, so he anyway. said, you know, fluctuations in body fat could have caused it as well. Yeah, Adesanya looked like he put on a little bit of muscle mass for this, so it could have it could have been because of that, or you know, the weight cutting too. Yeah, if he training, uh, getting if, drawn out. Yeah, where where your weight comes off of when you cut can vary actually from cut to mm-hmm. cut sometimes. So who you knows? And it was it noted if like, he was taking hormones or estrogen or whatever, it would not have looked as uneven as it did. So. So if if you are worried about that or you are talking about that, actual doctors, not me, doctors were giving scientific explanations for the cause of this. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, just my again, my joke, we're two thirds of the way to maximum chaos coming at two oh five. So <laughs> just Hopefully need you to fail the drug test. If that uh, happens, I'm gonna blame you and Clucky. If that happens, blame Blahovich for taking crap and getting crapped. No. You and Clucky will have magically caused this. Yeah, I will have flown to Poland in the middle of the night, broken into his house, and injected him with stuff. Sure. I gotta say, I gotta, say, I will, I will give Covington credit. He did comment. He did comment on a, a story, like Mike Winklejohn was saying. John Jones is worried about eating at Applebee's because he's afraid someone is going to spike his food. And then Covington was like, yeah, I'm sure they have cocaine and steroids on the ready to spike his soup du jour. I don't know, man. I've been to an Applebee's in New Mexico. Wouldn't shock <laughs> me. <laughs> Just get get it Uber Eats or whatever. You know, like what? You can't afford an Uber, an Uber Eats in New Mexico? I don't know. I, look, I... Yeah, some I, people in the Reddit thread were like, I don't know, have you been to an Applebee's, Colby Covington? <laughs> they do cocaine. They, they, they do cocaine in the urinal at, at Applebee's. Depending on like. depending on the Applebee's and which state you're in. Again, you go to an Applebee's in parts of New Mexico, you will see some stuff, man, okay, that you'll never tweet, unsee. Tweet. Applebee's keeps steroids and cocaine on site to sprinkling your soup du jour. You're such an effing ass. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, Covington gets a good one in every now and then. Every every now and then. Uh, so John Jones commented on um, the Blahovich Reyes fight on Man. Twitter last night. I I don't think I'm going to talk about it. All right. So all right. Apple Valley champ, keep your head up. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. Oh god, you said that at Reyes, right? Yes, at Reyes. <laughs> Oh, not as easy as it looks. Be oh, cocky. that's good. Be cocky. That is a quality burn from John there. Be be cocky. Eat cocky. I'm gonna need some Dominic bandwagon memes. Yawn. Enjoy, my friend. Congratulations. Uh, oh, that is a quality burn. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, Dominic Reyes. Because earlier in this year, one of the greatest athletes in Apple Valley history. Oh, that's a quality burn. In all honesty, that's up there with, uh, I don't like to give Henry Cejudo credit for anything, 
Mm-hmm. But when he when he burned TJ Dillashaw and, and his wrestling credentials, not by showing him the gold medal, but by showing him the national title, it was a good one. Let's just because that. nobody get you know gold medals okay. are out of reach for most. Here's people, what but. here's what else Jones said last night. Would you guys be annoyed if I went and grabbed my belt uh, real quick? I I don't think anything's gonna come of that. Uh, to be fair, I would pick him to beat Blahovich because of how Blahovich matches up with him more than anything. But see, here's some more trolling by John Jones. Hey, Costa, f off. Yeah, John. John got a little bit loose on social media last night. Uh, what's up with Izzy Wright Peck? He was talking about that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Jones Look, is Jones is good on Twitter sometimes. I'll admit. On occasion, he gets some good. On occasion, he gets some quality burns in. So, eh, good yeah, for that's him. That's all. I, that's all I have in terms of new stuff. All right, let me have a quick look on Twitter. Wow, Roman Reigns got on the juice. He's he's wrestling without the vest now, and yeah, he uh, he spent some time doing his chemo treatments uh, on the gear. Good for him. I mean that could have been medically prescribed. Depending on depending on his cancer treatments, yes, steroids are frequently prescribed as part of that. Again, depending on the type of cancer. Yeah, it could have treatment. been it could have been medical. And I mean, look, I don't care that anyone I in think, professional I wrestling. I think the view is that was often why he wrestled with the vest on because he, I guess, maybe it was a vanity thing. He didn't uh, like for a while. He didn't look good without it. Like there's a reason he had the cover up. Yeah. Look, I mean, here's my other thing. It's professional wrestling. Who cares if they're taking cosmetic drugs? Well, big thing. Look, the big thing you want is for health everyone. And me- health and medical reasons, arguably. Sure, you, you want them to be. You don't want them to be abused, and you want everyone to understand the risks involved. Sure. I completely understand that. But they're in a performative art. I mean. Uh, you know, one of my fa- I saw something that a that a couple of trainers threw up. Uh, this just uh, you've seen that meme of uh, you know DiCaprio from uh, Django Unchained, when he's holding the glass and he's got that kind of like. You have my. No, 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 not not that one. The one okay. where he's kind of laughing while holding it. Pro- probably, but what is it? Yeah. So something just like someone had mentioned. So how does so how is it that a celebrity can get can look that jacked that fast when I've when I haven't missed a training session in five years and don't look half that good and it's that picture but instead of the glass there's a specific uh, steroid cocktail that he's holding okay of course they're all on stuff yeah who cares <laughs> um so I guess it's that just that perception because I don't remember what happened with Benoit but I think he did have elevated levels of TRT or testosterone. And uh, yeah, he had look. And he was getting he was getting he was getting um steroids from a doctor. Now, Eddie Guerrero I think I think it's a strange situation with I think Eddie Guerrero was on a steroid list, but I believe he his he was clean when they you know when they did the on the chemical tests for his autopsy, right? 
Eddie's uh, problem was improper long-term drug abuse was probably what. Yeah, it, it was. Look, Eddie's for. I think this has been discussed at length, so forgive me if I'm incorrect. I'm going off of memory here. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry. A, so, it's yeah. okay. A, a combination of years of steroid abuse, not a, so improper usage, combined with his recreational drug and drinking. Yeah. Like there, That's there what was, I believe probably happened to Eddie. So I think and because it's, of – it's tragic. I, look, the wellness policy is – is because of Eddie and because of Benoit. Now, and well, this I policy guess is a PR stunt. It, it, I agree. I agree. But there's that correlation that start, you know, let, you know, steroid abuse and all that, but whatever. Again, we've now, I don't really care. I don't even, honestly, I don't even care if wrestlers are using or MMA fighters are using in TRT. And it's regulated, honestly. Look, my only gripe, uh, my only gripe with it is that I want to, as long as everyone knows what's up, as long as everyone yeah, as is long, properly yeah. informed. If you want to be irresponsible, you're going to pay the consequences. I can't force you to be a responsible person. I can, like in Pride, everyone, everyone was, I, I, I firmly believe everyone was probably. Just, oh yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Uh, hold on, serious question. If Ian Henderson not, probably was too. I, I firmly. No, 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 I, hang on. I mean that. this in all seriousness. If it's not against the rules, why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, you present a good point. I don't know. I can't answer that. Look, I've. Other than I've, other than you're re, other than you're maybe really worried about the potential dangers, which okay, we which. More often than not, we've seen guys just do it anyway. So I don't – if you're already an MMA fighter and, you know, this is your livelihood, maybe you don't care as much. I don't know. Well, again, if you're doing it pro- you know, with proper medical supervision, you're cycling properly. Well, my I only – okay, how, how, how much do you want to trust those doctors, though, that are, like, illicitly that, selling you steroids, you know? Look – that's a question you have to determine when it comes to your relationship with the doctor in question. That's that's going to vary wildly. My only gripe with people who fail drug tests in MMA right now, well, I have I have two. One, most cheaters in MMA are just fundamentally bad at it. Like, who gets caught with urinalysis in legitimate sport, right? Nobody. Two, my only, like... Like not, illegitimate. To speak, not to speak, not to speak ill of the dead. He, but. I mean, look, he did like that's sorry. The fact that he's like the fact Andy that he has passed on doesn't change the fact that he was clearly juiced to the gills. And uh, look, my only gripe is that you is that a lot of people do so in contravention of the agreed upon terms of combat. That's it. I don't have an I don't have I don't take any sort of stance about. You, the use of performance-enhancing drugs is some kind of generalized platform. And the reality is I don't think most people – I know this, actually. Most people, the vast majority of people, don't care either. No one cares about steroid abuse in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or hockey. They don't care. Everyone – the Players Association and the – and the uh, or the governing body, the organization, come to an agreement on what the procedure is going to be, and 
no one cares. I guarantee you tomorrow, if the UFC somehow, I don't know how, but jump with me into this hypothetical world. Tomorrow morning, Dana White releases a statement. You know, the UFC is terminating our relationship with USADA and we will no longer have drug testing of any sort. We've worked this out with the commissions. Have at it. You would get about 20 minutes of fighters being pissed. Then they'd move on. That's the extent of it. No well, one would care. Again, again, not to beat a dead horse, which I'm about to do. The USADA ham was forced over the course of multiple years, and the media played into it. That's true. And people were always putting out stories where it's it's so wide it's widespread. All the guys I'm fighting are jacked. Like fighters would complain. Mid-level fighters would be like, all the guys I'm in the gym are on steroids. They won't name names. Um, or guys would put or or guys would put out like, oh, like eighty percent. It's like eighty percent of the industry is on the juice. Um, you know, these guys are these guys on this list are are being sold steroids illicitly. MMA fighters and Oh, uh, okay. Then Overeem, uh, Overeem failed random test testing by Nevada, Anderson Silva, a few other guys, and oh, Ali Bagutinov, and there was all, all this widespread outrage. And the this UFC. Is, this is what moral the outrage. The UFC was bullied. The UFC was bullied into adopting a USADA policy, and I am not wrong on that. Look, were, this is this is what pointless widespread moral outrage gets you. Authoritarian overreach. Good job. Okay. I, I I would love to try and get people to understand or to acknowledge what they dislike about steroids because most of them couldn't tell you. Okay. Save their life. But, but here's the thing. Like now people are mad at USADA and all that, but I'm like, isn't this what you wanted? You wanted a level playing field. You wanted guys to be randomly tested year round is this not what you wanted i mean can we just dismiss the notion of a level playing field to begin with please well, people well that's what but that's what people were complaining about people weren't like these guys are on the gear lesnar's on the gear lesnar was the one of the poster boys uh sure you got lesnar you got I mean, you had guys like Lesnar and mir was on trt Over, you have belford henderson overeem Chael Sonnen and all that. Um, Anderson and, and look, Anderson Silva too. There was a there was a lot of outrage over Anderson Silva, a lot. Which, is, which also kind of blows my mind. Like guys, he was almost forty when he and got. Then, and then Brendan Schaub, like Brendan Schaub, had that epic rant about Anderson Silva. That was oh, hilarious. Schaub. Serious question: Was his which is which is a worse example of Brendan Schaub's Anderson Silva Anderson Silva's fault that Anderson's it's Anderson Silva's fault that Brendan Schaub was not able to become a world champion because okay hang on serious question about Brendan Schaub which was a worse example of his stand up his Showtime special or his fight with Travis Brown uh, <laughs> okay here it is this is from 2015. I just want to read this. Listen, I would love to hear an argument for why I shouldn't do steroids. 
Give me one. Let's say I take steroids and test positive. Say I'm a young kid getting to the UFC and I ask my dad, dad, why shouldn't I take steroids? Can I say, well, you'll, you'll never be world champ. That's not true. Anderson Silva's world champ. Well, you'll never fight for a title. That's not true. Chael Sonnen tested positive, fought for a title. Well, you'll never be the ultimate fighter coach. Nope. Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva. Well, you'll never be the main event. No, not true. Allison, Alistair Overeem's a main event. Bigfoot Silva's a main event. Well, listen, you might get fired. No, not really. Guys pop all the time. It's cheating. Everyone else is doing it, and they're getting rewarded for it. He's, You know, I, I will give Schaub credit for a moment of cogency there. He's not wrong. <laughs> and yeah, look, yeah, but, I mean, look, it's Brendan Schaub. It's Brendan. Sure. I, I'm not – this is not a I, – I don't care about the body of, his, of work he's done across his career – that argument, the circumstances he presents it there, which is essentially reality, is not wrong. Okay, but this is kind of what I'm talking – this is the type of outrage that forced the UFC's hand. That this is, that, I don't this even, is the moral outrage you, you talk about. I'm not even convinced it was that that forced the UFC's hand. I mean it, because I'm very cynical about this. Okay. I don't think the UFC cares about moral outrage from the media or the fan base. I think the UFC did this because they were worried about liability. Possibly. Because if somebody gets catas- – not just – Well, that was they- coming, but all those, all those claims were coming from the media, and I feel that forced their hand here. It helped accelerate things, but, I mean, look, let's be honest. If somebody gets catastrophically injured, and I don't mean like broken bone. I mean like life-altering injury. Okay. Or killed at, in the cage at a UFC event. And the fighter that does the damage fails a drug test. The that is that is potentially catastrophic damage to you'd the have, UFC. Me for that to happen, you'd have to legally prove a correlation there between the steroids and and the injury. I'm not talking about legally. Okay. I'm okay. talking about what the UFC would have to deal with. Yeah, because possibly. At, because at that point you're dealing with a whole other kettle of fish. So now, if that same circumstance happens, they get to put their hands in the air and go, well, we hired USADA. What else do you want us to do? All right. They're the paying, ham, look, they're I don't think you can deny the ham, was, the ham was foist here. It was. It was. I think it was accelerated. I it don't think. Accelerated. I, call it whatever you want, Robert. Well, it, if you say it's forced, that means they would not have done it under other circumstances. They had to be. They had to be forced. In, it, they were forced. They absolutely, they absolutely, they were constantly running away. They were constantly running away whenever this question would be be brought up beforehand. Constantly, they would, constantly. Ab- they would have done this before the move to ESPN, regardless of the moral outrage. Possibly, I, I guarantee it. Possibly, certainly before the sale. Very okay. I, if you if you're trying to sell that property, hey, look, we've got a built-in insurance policy against uh, bad PR should something go catastrophically wrong. There's but that every I, week, I, every week, we, every week there was, there was like a new article. There was all the, there was a lot. Oh yeah. This look, was a major were, thing. There was a, ma- this was like the, I remember it topic over the last 10 years before you saw it came in. I certainly remember it. And look, my other thing about this when it comes to USADA, 
if the if there was a fighters association that agreed to it, I wouldn't say a darn thing. I don't think anyone else would either. This was unilaterally forced on the fighters. What does what does uh who did who did the other leagues use? I don't know. I I really don't. And does it really? And again, better question. Hang on. Better question. Why does it matter and who cares? Uh, because those are the sports that have unions or player associations. Sure. But that's not really, that's somewhat ancillary. All right. Well, I think this is a very complicated, it's a complicated. It, it is. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not pretending that there's a great answer. Well, that there's a great answer in practice. Look, the only answer that matters, give the, give the fighters a collective. I'm still bargaining. curious about the testing bodies for those organizations though. And I'm asking why it matters. I want to. I want to know. What does it change? I. am because I'm curious. Okay, it doesn't change. That's fair. I'm it a, doesn't change anything. I want. I'm okay. just curious. I want to know. That, uh, that's fair. I'm. I'm curious about plenty of things that don't change anything and don't matter. That. That's my big thing. Like I. I don't know where this. That's not true. I know where it comes from. Okay. It would not. It, it does not matter. The fans, okay. the athletes, and management have all come to a mutual understanding about but less this. so and less so in professional wrestling because well, because they don't know whether they're sports or entertainment and because the wrestlers are not actually employees and have no collective bargaining anyway so mm-hmm. but i think in wrestling it was mainly as you said a pr thing after what happened with guerrero and Benoit. yeah so there you go Conclu- i'm done with that argument yeah, do. All right. Uh, last check through Twitter. Uh, no, I don't think anything crazy MMA related is broken. It somehow will, you know, 20 minutes later, but that's usually what happens. All right. Uh, let us go ahead and do. Eh, stop that. Bad computer. All right, so let's get into plugs then. What do you have to plug today, Jeff? Uh, on my uh, 411 Wrestling Interviews podcast. You can listen to it on Formula One Mania YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, new, two new interviews should be coming up very soon uh, with MLW's uh, Myron Reed and Kevin Koo. Uh, over in Movies uh, TV, I have a write-up of Hasbro sent me a Ghostbusters um, Neutrona one, which is like the Proton Blasters. They sent me a replica, so I took a look at that. Uh, for Ghostbusters Afterlife, my review of Tenet, which I liked less than Robert and Mark Radulich. Um So check out my review of that, and that's what I have going on right now. All right. As for myself, uh, Mark Radulich and I got together to talk about the MMA-themed family drama from the, I think it was the Audience Network, Kingdom, starring Frank Grillo and Nate Jonas. Kingdom is a great show. Which one are you referencing? There's like four. There's four shows with that title. The Frank Grillo. It's mostly good. I love Frank Grillo. Underrated actor. Yeah, oh, he does a great job in that. That whole show lives and dies on his performance, basically. And look, I'm really sad they killed Crossbones because I think he would have been a great villain for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I agree. I thought that was. I thought that was a uh, kind of annoying, to be frank. 
kind of set you know you you spend a whole movie setting up a kind of like cool villain and then and you just kill him off in five minutes I'm like, well, i thought you know you you kill him off just as they're getting interesting the mcu does that a lot but no here's an entire series about loki So anyway, Mark and I got Moon together. You better talk- be good or I'm going to be pissed. You know, not to dovetail too hard, but I got thinking about what they've announced for Phase 4. Yeah. You know how much of that I'm actually interested in? <laughs> it's almost none of it. I don't want to say too much because I think, I think it's cool they are doing a Shang-Chi movie, even though I'm like not a huge Shang-Chi fan sure. and all that. Um, I, I mean, they're they're trying some new stuff, and they're, but I I, I just kind of got thinking about it. Like, it's I'm a, not, I mean, I'm not interested in Wandavision personally. I'm not, I'm not interested in Eternals at all, and that's not utterly, that's utterly not uninterested in Eternals. <laughs> and that's not because I'm some like alt right a hole or something. It's just I've never even read I've never read a single issue of Eternals ever. I'm um, I'm not really interested in Hawkeye. Yeah, or I, Hawkeye. I, I'm not in. I mean, I'm not interested in the Black Widow movie. I'm I, I'm, I'm mainly interested in that mainly because of Taskmaster. He's a favorite character of mine. Fair enough. So hopefully that now that's a character I'm worried about because I hope they don't massively screw up that character and and, and Moon Knight. So there you go. I'm loosely interested in Moon Knight. I'm, I'm there's that's still early enough in development for me to have a bit of hope. I this is gonna sound like this has to do with the casting of the lead when it comes to She-Hulk. I'm not interested in She-Hulk, and I this is not about who they cast as the as the lead. Actually, I think they did they actually did solid casting for She-Hulk, but I casting I, and execution are two different things. I disagree with that, but. Okay. Look, Marvel has ca- has made odd casting choices in the past that pay out. I'm I'm willing to. When I say I'm not interested, this is not I, to say burn who the. Should you know, they have cast as She-Hulk. I had this discussion, and I, uh, you've seen Glow, right? Yeah. Who's the the blonde chick in Glow? Oh, um, I forget her name. I know a lot of people were talking about her for She-Hulk. Because I think she has the right build. Betty Gil. Betty Gil. That's it. Betty Gilbert. I knew it was something like that. Okay. She's kind of where I, because I, I know they I mentioned Alex. I could have done. I, I I see what you're talking about. I think she could have done a good job. So, my lack of interest in She-Hulk has very little to do with the the lead casting, and it's a lot more to do with like the showrunner they hired. Okay. I. Uh, that doesn't fill me with confidence. <laughs> I I just looked up the other stuff she's done and kind of went yeah. Um. That's the other thing I'm not. Uh, I would feel really good about Moon Knight if Stephen Denight was the showrunner. Fair and enough. Like, F yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's just a lot that they're kind of set up to release. I'm more interested in the what if one shots than I am pretty much any of the canon stuff. Uh, what if what if uh, yeah, that looks like it could be interesting. I mean, I, I'm not. I am just profoundly uninterested in Loki as a show. Like. God. I have no interest in Loki either, because I mean I'm, he's the vil- to me gonna he's the villain. Me. You need guys to play off of him, you know. I'm gonna piss a few people off here. I don't care about Nick Fury. I don't think Nick Fury is a good 
character to build try and build a series around. I agree. He needs he needs to be the guy in the background. You know, he you follow Nick Fury, you have all the answers with him, or you absolutely remove the fact that he has all the answers. We could in do which a case, whole po- we could do a whole podcast about this alone. We could, and the the delicate balance that Phase Four is currently having to go through because a lot of people checked out after Endgame. They viewed that as the finale and kind of went, thanks. It was a great ride. Peace out. I think that was probably one of the mistakes of Endgame, but whatever. Well, it hurts that they don't actually have an interesting character to kind of build the next group of Avengers around. They do, but they're they're far away. Who? Well, the the Fantastic Four, X-Men, all those other characters. Those aren't, those aren't going to be... They're not going to be Avengers. I mean, I mean, like, look again. If you're t- if you're having to build we'll Phase Four, we have to build the next group of Avengers, right? Right. So, who's what interesting character do you have to kind of help facilitate that? They're probably going to make Miss Marvel into that character. Oh, what a terrible idea! Uh, 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 uh. careful, careful, Robert, careful. Kamala Khan is nothing but a self-insert for comic fans. Deal with it. Uh. Hey, look, let's take a fangirl and put her in the comics. I wonder if our fanboy and fangirl fans will like this character. People like Kamala Khan. I know they do. People like Miles Morales. Hold on. I didn't say anything about Miles Morales. Okay. I dislike the character of Kamala Khan because I think she's a fan service okay. self-insert. Okay. If that's if if you say so. okay, that's your opinion. That's my read on the character. That is Robert's opinion. I do not necessarily share his opinions. I don't care about her religion. I don't care about her race. Those are utterly uh, those don't matter to me at all. Okay. I have nothing against Miles Morales. I like Miles to the extent that I'm familiar with his I uh, like with Kamala Khan. With him. I like Kamala Khan. Okay. Look, and you can. I'm not this is not me saying anything bad about people who like those characters. All right. I'm you know, now that you mention it, I'm now kind of sad that they're probably are going to go that way. They're going to have the fangirl try to get the band together. Uh, but I mean, look, yeah, they, they not they not. I mean, that's one way they could go. But they, we'll OK, and, and fair play. There's a lot of ways this could go. But I mean. Look, Captain Marvel is not an interesting character. The way the, the way she's been presented thus yeah. far. I uh, if you hadn't downplayed Doctor Strange the way that you had the way that they did through a couple of movies, maybe you could use him. But they're just in a complete rebuilding phase and they don't act they at the moment don't even don't really have well, maybe like it won't be Avengers. Maybe three. it'll be the the Young Avengers. Oh, ow! No, please, no. Well, you you also I, you have Falcon and Bucky. Yeah, you've got them. Assuming neither of them. Uh, hopefully, they do something interesting with them. I'm again. I, that's the only series I'm kind of loosely interested in. And. Oh, I anyway. mean, I mean, I, elephant in the room, Chadwick. You know, we lost Chadwick Boseman. Well, apparently the plan at the moment is to kill T'Challa off screen and then just have Shuri be Queen of Wakanda. 
Which, but he could have been. He could have been like a really. Yeah. I almost okay. hate. I almost hate to say that. No, no, no. Know? That. I mean, look, we're not. We're not speaking ill of the dead. We're talking about the characters that are currently available to them. I mean, I mean. And T'Challa could have been that guy. That's true. I feel like he he was just starting to take center stage at the time, you know, because his movie only came out two years ago. Yeah. So. So, yeah, Black Panther, they could have done something with T'Challa, but unfortunately. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Did a great job. Yeah, man. Cancer does not discriminate. It just sucks. So you can find Mark and I talking about the three seasons of Kingdom. We have a fun little discussion there. I make fun of Matt Hughes. A good time is had by all. Um, Again, my report for UFC 253. I don't think they're because you know, the schedule keeps shifting. I don't I am really like I only have one podcast, I think, in all of October. I'm I'm really light at the moment on my schedule. So big thing will be will be Saturday for UFC on ESPN 16 and then back here on Sunday to review that card and preview an actually good card because uh, on the 11th of October, we have you at 11th. That'll be the third. Okay. So 10th. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. They're, they're listed as when they go live in the UAE and given the time frame, that's just on the other side of the 24 hours from here. So my, my apologies. Anyway, we'll be previewing that card, which has a great main event. Because Marlon Marais and Corey Sandhagen is a darn good bantamweight fight. And could very well crown your next title contender after Aljamain Sterling. Because Marais coming off of that win over Aldo. Sandhagen coming off of the loss to Sterling, but looked really good before that. Uh, what else do we have on that card? Don't make me into a liar. It might be a liar. Uh, Giga Chikadze is fighting. That's usually somewhat interesting. Uh, Impa Kasangane and Joaquin Buckley. Uh, neither guy world beater yet, but two guys potentially on the come up. Uh, Tomaso Almeida and Alejandro Perez is, solid bant- is a solid bantamweight fight. And I can kind of get behind Yusuf Zalal and Sung Wu Choi. Okay, so it's not a great card, but I'm not complaining too much. Now watch it look completely different next week, but that's why you come back so we can talk about what changes. All right, everybody with that out of the way, thank you so very much for being here. Always appreciate you like comment, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. I don't care who you tell. And we'll be back next week until then stay safe out there and please continue to be well, be safe and behave.